Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about all things insurance, including current events, trends, and strategies for success for independent agencies and carriers. Each episode provides listeners with tips and tricks you can immediately implement from Rick and other leaders from across the industry. And now, here's Rick. Welcome back to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast, the VIP. I am the host, Rick Fox. And today, ladies and gentlemen, excited to have him here, Tyree Burks, founder and CEO of Players Health. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Tyree is uh, he's pretty active on LinkedIn. He's got a really cool story. I'm loving what he's doing. So Tyree, thanks for being on the show, man. No, Rick, I really appreciate you having me and excited to kind of dive in and share our stories. So really appreciate it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So let's just start with, uh, we kind of like to start off with getting to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell us your journey? How did we end up here? Yeah, if someone would have told me that I'd be selling insurance like 10 years from now, I probably would have laughed. <laughs> but uh, I, I couldn't, honestly, I'm so excited about this industry and just, you know, the impact that we can have on the industry as a whole. Prior to starting Players Health and doing all of this, I, I was an athlete. I always like to share with people, I'm an athlete down to the core of who I am. I love everything there is about sports. I, I think I, before starting this, I, I played professional football for a number of years. I, I was in the Canadian Football League. Uh, and then before that, I played in Germany. And then had some workout with some NFL teams, didn't work out. But, but throughout my entire career, I had a ton of injuries. I, I ended up having three bulging discs in my neck. I played wide receiver. And then I ended up tearing my hamstring off my tibia. So... Oh my God. You know, you play right receiver and can't run. You got to start looking for a job. Unemployment's coming quick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I, um, I think when I hung it up, I started to uh, volunteer at youth sports, you know, volunteering, coaching my son's teams. And, and I quickly realized that a lot of amateur sports organizations needed a lot of things, a lot of support in managing the health and safety of athletes. You know, at, at the core of what players health is, is our mission is to create the safest environment possible for an athlete to play the sport that they love. And, you know, safe environments mean a lot, but ultimately we help organizations manage risk to ensure that, that the athletes are safe. And if they do that up to our standard, we're able to provide uh, better coverage and, 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 and better discounts because they're doing the right things. So we want to create win-wins. Our, uh, I think we started off as a risk management company. And then two and a half years ago, we launched our brokerage. I think had we start the other way around, I don't think I'd be here to tell you this story. We've yeah. been at this for about six and a half years. We support over 45,000 sports organizations today, 10 million athletes, 6.7 million parents, and over 1.5 million coaches. So I feel wow. extremely blessed to be able to run this organization and, and, and continue to build something that I think will have lasting impact on sports, but also insurance as a whole. I'm sorry, did you say something in the last 70 seconds? Because all I'm thinking about is the, the tibia and the hamstring. Like that, like I got stuck on the... <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. No, no, that and that's why that's why, you know, Dylan, Dylan said uh he found he found you and he's like, This guy's got a cool story. And what I love about it is it's insurance, but it's your it's you came into it doing it your way, doing your thing, helping people, which we all try to do in this industry. But I, I just think it's I think it's really cool, especially if you've been able to turn a passion, which obviously I can tell you're, you're, you know, having been an athlete, sports is in your blood, but to be able to do that and then help people with it, man, that's, that's gotta be the get up in the morning, look in the mirror and feel pretty good about who you are. Right. Oh man. It's, 
like there's no like I'm up every morning at 4 a.m. anyway going to work out and stuff but like I'm super excited we all we always say that players health years are like dog years like you blink and it's Friday and you feel like you just woke up on Monday <laughs> but it's fun it's really fun that's great all right so first and foremost like like it, it's cool to hear the story and to kind of you know frame it together and let me sidetrack real quick who are your teams I want to know who your teams are Oh, so I'm a Bears fan at heart. It's been tough the past yeah. couple. You think? You think? Last, you think it's last been week tough? was uh, yeah. I, and everybody was excited about Justin Fields. I'm, I, I was I was hit or miss on this, but it's 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 too or it's too soon. It's too soon. This this past week was tough. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're Chicago like Bulls, Bears, what White Sox, Cubs? I don't. What? Yeah. So I'm originally from I'm originally from the South Side of Chicago. I am okay. a Sox fan because I'm from the South Side. Anyone that knows about Chicago, there's kind of this like inner city rivalry. Oh yeah. Uh, but but I'm a Sox fan and uh, I, I love the Bulls. 98 Bulls. I always like to say I'm building my 98 Bulls team because uh, we have an amazing team here for players help. But, I love that. Uh, love the love the prime days and then of course I'm a Bears fan. We had you kind of uh, boxed in there. We had the magic right in front of you, my Lakers, <laughs> and then you came in and kind of took the torch and then gave it back to Kobe and Shaq on, on the other end. So I appreciate you taking it and then giving it back to us afterward uh, there. <laughs> uh, okay. So in seriousness though, like uh, having had a couple conversations now with you, I know data data is at the very kind of core of your beliefs and leveraging that data. Talk to me about your thoughts on data. Yeah, I think when we view data, I think it's a lot more applicable than I think I've seen in most insure techs where I think it's, data has been used as a way to re reduce friction um, through the value chain so that organizations or, or insurance could buy insurance quickly. All right, maybe we're pre-filling applications and such. Yes, we collect data that does that, but I think our focus is really around behavioral management. We wanna make sure that the data that we collect allows us to be more proactive. So I'll give you an example. Think about USA Gymnastics, for example. This was an incident that happened over decades, hundreds of abuse incidents reported, no real follow-up, and then you have this large class action, and then now you're seeing catastrophic claims paid out. With Players Health, we're managing that in real time. Within 24 hours, we're investigating an abuse incident on behalf of our organizations. All of the incidents are being reported into Players Health, a third party, not the organization. So we're now able to be proactive around everything that is happening around that athlete, but we're also looking at that data and understanding where are vulnerable sectors where these incidents happen. What protocols can we put in place for us to prevent all of these incidents? And so I think our model is really not just focusing on reducing the friction to acquire a customer, but also making sure that when that organization comes into the player's health ecosystem, not only are we creating a safer environment for the athletes, but we're being proactive and making sure that what used to be commonplace within the marketplace are now mm -hmm. something that we're now getting ahead of and preventing. It's interesting. I'm sitting here, I'm listening. I've, I already kind of know your story, but it's great to hear it in more detail. And, and, and it's just so applicable to any, any part of insurance, right? Like the, to me, it's, we just bang the drum of data on, on this, on this podcast all the time, like how important it is, how to leverage it. The fact that we have so much of it, but when you put it into like, real life example of how that data can be leveraged. It just solidifies what I think, which is that, 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 you know, if you are not in a place with your business, whether that's insurance or not, where data is sort of at the, you know, the forefront of where you're headed, 
you're going to fairly quickly and then soon after that be sort of irrelevant. I mean, data becomes the kind of the cornerstone. I mean, do, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, and I think in our space, it's, it's actually, it's becoming a lot more apparent that this is our true differentiation. I think prior to Players Health, you know, it would have seemed as if these claims came out of nowhere. Right. Well, we, we know that that's not the case. There was a smoking gun along the way with USA Gymnastics that said, hey, we should get ahead of this. But now with Players Health, we're now, the, our carrier partners now have real-time access on how organizations are managing risk on a day-to-day -day basis, visibility that they've never had before. And so when you think about just one a simple question of, does your organization do background checks? Right now, that's a yes or no on an application for an organization. But that's not, like I may have a hundred coaches and if one coach did a background check, that's a yes. Well, now in Players Health, you now know out of your hundred coaches, 78 of them have done and have oh, been wow. properly credentialed. So that's extremely powerful if I'm going to underwrite an organization to make sure that a known risk, which is a way to prevent some uh, abuse, one of the things we can do is make sure that the people are properly credentialed. This allows us to be able to be more on top of uh, how that's being tracked. It's cool, man. I, I think it's awesome. Um, I love, again, I said before, but I love the passion behind it because of like your background. It's so funny how many times I'll get on these podcasts and I'm like, so t tell me your journey. And they're like, well, I didn't start off wanting to be in insurance and now I've been <laughs> in it for 25 years. Yours is kind of like, well, yeah, I ended up in insurance, but I'm still doing what I love. So that that's exactly. it's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's good stuff. So let's, let's kind of dig in. So a lot of people are, are, are tuned in. They're like, well, you know, I sell auto insurance or I sell commercial, like I do different things, but I want everyone to kind of take Tyree's perspective and see how it's applicable to something that you might do in your thing. So how does someone in our industry kind of look at your business model and how they could either replicate it or duplicate it or use it as a, like, that's the kind of business I want to run. So like, how do we, like, how do we take this as the, as a, as a shining beacon and say, I want to go do that. I want to go do that over here though. Like I want to yeah. go do that over there. And, and I think you have to really, you have to intimately know the customer. And I think one of the things I realized like three and a half years into building player stuff, I'm like, I've, I have never been an administrator before. Like, I don't know what keeps them up at night. I don't know what things that they worry about. And so I became an administrator for a number of years and quickly realized that like managing risk and, and insurance was what, like the cost of that represents about 30% of my registration. And so knowing the customer, I think is really important and really understanding exactly what keeps them up at night, what, what their needs are, how their budgets are structured. That allows me to be able to look at data differently, but also start with the claims. Uh, what are the most frequent claims? Why? Understanding why. Uh, we dug into litigation and I think we're keenly focused on litigation in our space because a lot of this stuff is new. Over the course of the past five to six years, we've seen you know, we've seen billions of dollars in claims on concussions and abuse. And this is all net new in the space. And every new case that's settled out or, or that uh, someone is convicted is creating more case law for more incidents to be reported and more claims to happen. And so we, we follow the claims and we let that drive the service and the prevention that we would put in for a lot of these organizations. Then what data sources can we bring in to help us get smarter about the environment that these athletes and these organizations are operating in. I keep, I keep saying this, but I want, I want to kind of tie it into the rest of the world. So uh, I mentioned before, you know, this is awesome that you are doing something that that's 
attached to something that you love. I don't think enough people in our industry are doing that. Like we get, for one reason or another, we end up working in insurance, whether that's at an agency or a carrier, wherever we, and let's just take an agency. So I, I ran an agency and I love sports and there's other things I love. I love restaurants. I love to go out and eat, but whatever that is, I don't think we do a good enough job of using either our, like in your case, professional athlete expertise, but even like I just said, I love restaurants. It doesn't mean I'm a chef. It doesn't mean right. I, but, but if I love restaurants, I should be trying to figure out ways to go work with things I love. That could be a really good niche. I wrote a couple yeah. of restaurants. I remember that, but, but like the, the thing that's so cool about what you've done and I, and I hope people sort of try to emulate is the fact that, you know, like you said, it's boom, it's Friday afternoon and you're already done with the week. Cause you're having a blast doing what you're doing. And this can be, it can be, I mean, even for you, right? It's a grind sometimes, but it's a grind for good reason, for good people. And you get to do something that you like to be involved with. Yeah. I think there's so much value there for our listeners to kind of take, absorb and say, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I am a general, like we always say that. I'm, I'm a generalist. generalist. I write any insurance, right? Okay, that's great. But if you love food or you love sports or you love whatever it is you love go do that some of your time enjoy what you're having conversations about learning to your point learning about claims and litigation and all that stuff it's all about sports right, right. that's just pieces of sports which is just i think it's so cool and that's what i love about insurance because it transcends every industry right i have exactly. people i have young people exactly. come up to me all the time and they go well what industry would you recommend I get into? And I was like, if you like music, if you like, if you like aviation, whatever industry you like, it is, it, it's not existing without it. It does not exist without insurance. Right. So, so true. It, this is an industry where whatever passions you have, it's being impacted by insurance and you can, you can explore it and you can get into it. And yes, there's tons of nuances and regular re regulatory <laughs> regulation around this industry. But if you find something you're truly passionate about it, you can build a brand in this space. And I think similar to sports, insurance is probably one of the only industries that you could be working for a big company, like a large carrier, publicly traded company. And you as an underwriter, your personal brand is across an industry. Like people know, hey, That's Rick, true. he does great. He's a great underwriter. He, he knows fitness really well. And your name could transcend an entire industry because you're good at what you do. That's one thing I love about insurance is that it's, it's similar to sports. I could be a part of the Chicago Bears, but as a receiver, I could still be the top five receiver in all of the NFL. I could do right. that on my name I and like what that. I produce. So that's what I love about insurance and that you can, you can have passion, be great at it. And, and a lot of people don't like niches, but I think you, want, you being strong in a niche allows you to be able to get larger market share which allows you to make more money long-term. It allows you to truly be differentiated in a space as opposed to being a generalist and trying to get a lot of a little. That every, everything, like, like you had me, you had me all the way, except for Rick's a really good underwriter and knows a lot about <laughs> fitness. Like you lost me both of those areas. Like I can get a workout in here and there, but saying I know a lot about fitness wrong, saying I could be an underwriter, definitely. You, you don't know me that well, Ty. I'm more on the producer side. Let's get this, let, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> All right, let, let's, uh, let's, let's do some name dropping here. Uh, so who's using your company successfully and why are they using it successfully? 
so there, there are a number of large organizations that use us. I think we started focusing on regional and national organizations. So NFL flag, Under Armour flag. So most of flag football in the United States, like we write. Uh, wow. Another another large organization, uh, we, we work with USA Diving. We work with a large number of uh, national governing bodies. Most, our big space right now is soccer. So last year, when we first launched our brokerage, we only had one state soccer association. We now write 23 state soccer associations. Wow, that's fantastic. And we manage all, everything from their coach credentialing to, uh, to supporting them on abuse prevention, to, to managing all of their insurance needs. Uh, and so there are a number of organizations, we're sport agnostic, but soccer has been one of the biggest growth areas that we've had right now. That is cool. My daughter's a soccer player and um, I, I grew up, played a little, I know enough about it to be dangerous. Like I was a, I was a basketball player, basketball coach. My daughter plays soccer. Sports are sports. So, you know, I mean, keep, you know, defend. Here's how you defend here. Keep the, keep the field spread, keep the court spread, whatever that yep. is. But she's like, she's at such a level now where I'm like, good job, honey. You did great. Like, I can't really <laughs> give her much more feedback than that. But that's really cool, man. This is, and, and I just love when we talk to people on the show that are passionate about what they do, that, that, that seem to get a kick out of helping people, which I can clearly tell that you do, Tyree. I want to ask you something kind of off topic, but I just want to kind of get your take on it. It's a big, it's a big topic right now for the amateur athletes and it's the name image likeness stuff, the NIL stuff that's going yeah. on. Out there. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, we're, my son plays basketball at IMG. He's got two guys that are in the club with him or in, at the school with him that are like household names in high school basketball and they're going to get paid. Like, like Absolutely. This, so tell me your thoughts on all of it. Well, so I, I am pro uh, the NIL uh, movement. It's here. It's a long time coming. But, and, I, and I think it's, it's going to be sloppy in the beginning. It's going to be a bit of the wild, wild west in the beginning. We're already starting to see it the day after the law was passed. I think Masterpiece Sun got a $2 million yeah. yep. uh, marketing deal, 19 that. years old. And, and I think it opens up a huge opportunity from an insurance perspective me loving sports and, and understanding a lot about it, but loss of value coverage was a coverage that uh, was only for the 1% in, in the NCAA. So Ricky Williams is one of the athletes that kind of made it famous where, you know, going into a senior year, he tours ACL, they paid him $10 million because he was projected first round draft and you slide to the third round. <laughs> that's a $10 million yeah, that's a, swing. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But I think now because of the earning potential, a lot of these athletes at such a young age, like think about Zion Williamson. He had a million followers on Instagram uh, as a senior in high school yeah. before he went to Duke. Right. His earning potential going in this new model is $2 million a year at a minimum. Jeez. And so if something happened where he wasn't able to compete in his, and, and he wasn't able to generate that revenue, there's not, the, now the loss of value coverage is now applicable for a broader uh, market as opposed to just the one percenters, now there's earning potential for, you know, influencers. And that's mm -hmm. what these athletes are really, that's what they are. They're right. influencers. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's a huge opportunity, but I think it, it's going to need to be regulated. How the NCAA manages and survives through this period, I think it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of stories come out of this fall on, on how these organizations, how the, how the school, how the universities manage kind of this 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 process as well it's going to be interesting i think it's going to be fascinating and i like i look to your point you use the right word too there's these influencers so like my son's a class of 2023 mikey williams 
is a basketball player in that class that has 4 million followers as a yep. junior in high school. Like that's crazy. If you think about it in those terms, that guy's worth his worth on NIL is, is a lot. And that's great too. Like, I think it's awesome. The only part that scares me, I'd love to get your take on it is, is if the schools start trying to figure out ways to recruit by using it, that, that that's oh, yeah. one part that like, to your point of the wild West, We've seen all of these, the guys that have gotten caught. I don't think those are the only ones doing it, but this seems to open up more of Pandora's box as it relates yeah. to recruiting. Would you agree? And, and it's harder to police in this setting because now I could be a local business owner, you know, at that's near the, the, near the university. And to keep this athlete from going into the draft, maybe I throw them a $2 million marketing deal. Mm -hmm. There's just so many ways that this system could be worked because there's no real mechanisms to be able to track and police who can who can sponsor this athlete or not. Anyone can. And I also think it's gonna, it helps the NCAA because it actually keeps these athletes and actually allows them to be able to finish. If they can generate revenue and not go to not go pro and still be able to, you know, become millionaires, then now college football and college basketball become that much more entertaining. So yeah, I'm excited about so that true. possibility. So true, right? So true. That's great. All right. I could totally geek out on this for like another hour, but <laughs> let, let, Tyree, this is so great, man. So, so I am for sure that people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to stay in touch. They're going to want to learn more. How do people get like, what's the best way to like, is it LinkedIn? Is it your web? Like what, how do people get to you? Yeah, so we're really active on LinkedIn. If you go to Players Health or type in Players Health and then uh, our website, playershealth.com. And then uh, my Instagram is at Tyree Burks, T-Y-R-R-E underscore B-U-R-K-S. Would love to connect. And I think uh, I'm always looking to learn. I, uh, I've spent the past three and a half years immersing myself into this industry, specifically because I want to impact this specific space. And, and, and anyone that I can learn from or I could collaborate with, I'm always open to connect. Thank you so much for being on. This has been, it's been super cool, man. It's just fun. I, I'm it just, I'm just in a good mood now. Like I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. get off this podcast and I'm just like, I just, we got to do this again, man. I love it. So thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. No, I really appreciate you as well. So thank you everybody for tuning in as usual. Please make sure you are subscribed to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts and please go to vertifor.com, go to the resources tab, click on podcasts and subscribe there for extra content and cool stuff. Be part of the community. Uh, we do appreciate everybody tuning in. Thanks so much to our guest Tyree Burks, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the vertifor insurance podcast and tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe and join in on the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter at Vertifor.